0: Episode 186 of the PJ Archive is a phone interview I did with the hugely clever and popular British historian, author, curator and television presenter, Lucy Worsley. Lucy, who got a first-class honours degree in ancient and modern history from Oxford University in 1995, is the Joint Chief Curator at Historic Royal Palaces, and is based at Hampton Court Palace. She has written many books on subjects including Houses, Courtiers, Murder, Queen Victoria, Jane Austen and Agatha Christie. She has also presented TV programmes on everything from horse dancing and Christmas carols to the Suffragettes and the Women's Institute. This interview took place in 2014, when Lucy was promoting a BBC TV miniseries entitled Dancing Cheek to Cheek, An intimate history of dance.
1: I have a series coming up very soon, Mm -hmm. which is about the history of dancing, which I co-presented with head judge Len, Len. whom you'll probably have
0: heard. I've interviewed Len, yeah. You've
1: interviewed Len, yes, yes, yes. So he and I have been learning. He and I have been taking Strictly back into the past. Ah. And we had to learn and perform in a ballroom setting in front of a crowd of period-costumed people the minuet the polka and the Chelston. and the wow. Chelston was my favourite of all of these dances it was brilliant and we did it in a nightclub just off Leicester Square a few months ago. Uh-huh. And they they made for us, this, this company called Gamba, made for us um, proper replica dancing shoes, because we, we were completely costumed up. Yeah. And with my dancing shoes, I had a Marcel wave done to my hair that took four hours, and I wore a flapper dress, and I wore a big long string of pearls, and we razzle dazzled, and at the end, Len threw me into the air. <laughs> He did
0: and he caught you again i hope
1: yes he did despite <laughs> his bad knee he could only he could only really charleston on one knee oh. and there was a 1920s condition called charleston knee ah. that was considered to be um highly dangerous and <laughs> it was one of the drawbacks of this rather degenerate new dance because it was danced to jazzy music rhythms of black america
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it did have rather a racy reputation
0: <laughs> how much a part of your life has dance been
1: well i learned ballet when i was really small. And I had to give it up because my dad didn't like taking me to the lessons on Saturday mornings. So to put me off, he said I was too fat and called me the Barrel Ena. No. Yes, he did.
0: That's not kind, is it? <laughs> no,
1: it isn't. Um, but so that was that was the end of my early career. But over the last year, I have been taking lessons in ballet and in ballroom dancing, and then all these historical dances that learned alongside me. Although obviously he had a head start being a professional dancer and the UK Cha 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 champion and all of that sort of yeah. thing.
0: Yeah and how much of a strictly fan are you
1: oh i'm quite a big strictly fan but i would never be allowed to appear on it sadly why because when i got married in 2011 my husband made me sign a prenuptial agreement saying that i never would
0: <laughs> but seriously that's just like a little agreement you have between you that you would never go on it
1: well he he knew that he knew that all of the shows like that that is would be the one that would attract because of the sequins and the showing off and all that sort of thing, and he thought it'd be bad for my character so he thought he'd put his foot down preemptively. How funny.
0: Is there anything else you're barred from doing? No, it was pot? just
1: that. So <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, yeah,
0: just that. But are you, would you like to be on it? Would you like to break the contract and go on it?
1: Oh, no, I don't want to break the contract, though I would like to be on Strictly.
0: Yeah. Do you think he might let you go on it at some stage?
1: Oh, no, no, I, no. I, 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 don't, I don't want to push my luck.
0: Oh. So it's
1: only been three years, OK? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you been asked to go on it, though? No, I haven't. No. Right. Are there any other reality shows you've been asked to go on? Or? Yes, I was
1: asked to go into the jungle. Were you? I was. And? Well, I said I would do it for a certain fee. Which was? That ITV would lend me Carson the butler to come to my house and bottle for me instead of butling at Downton Abbey for Lord Grantham.
0: Fantastic. It's a bit different from the jungle, though, isn't it? And anyway, it's ITV, so you probably wouldn't be allowed to do it anyway, would you?
1: Well, they obviously prized Carson very highly, and they wouldn't give him to me.
0: No. Oh. Now, you explained that your dad got fed up with taking you to Dancing lessons and he was a bit cruel about your what he called you. Mm-hmm. But um, I imagine you had a happy childhood, though. You
1: oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes,
0: yes. That was just a, a jokey thing. It was. But, but uh, t- tell us a little bit about your childhood, if you would, because weren't you born in Reading area? Somewhere? Yes, I
1: was born in Reading, but we moved to two different places. With his job, he was a university professor in the field of geology, so mm-hmm. we lived in different university towns. Which were? Uh, we lived in Nottingham and we also lived in Ottawa. In Canada. Yes.
0: Okay. What sort of a child were you? Were very, you very, very
1: Swattish, very bookwormy, very geeky. Yeah. Always, always reading books, really.
0: Mhm. According to Wikipedia, your dad's Peter as well, yeah? Yes, that's
1: right. Yeah. Uh, and your mum? Her name is Enid, although people call her Ned.
0: And she's a consultant in educational policy and practice.
1: Uh, sort of. Yes. Right. Yes. She yes, she's worked in the field of education.
0: Right. And your younger brother?
1: His name's Tom and he's an Tom engineer. Is and how old's he? Oh, he's three years younger than me and I'm 40, so he will be
0: 37. And how close are you?
1: How close? Mm-hmm. Pretty close, I'd say. I admire him a lot. He's like um, he's like a chattier, livelier, more outgoing and more practical version of me. <laughs> so I'm the one sitting in the corner reading a book and he's the one who's the life and soul of the party.
0: Oh, and Do you look like each other? Yes, a we do, yeah. yeah. Quite. And how do you think he would describe you?
1: ah the uh the swatty one (laughs) the Uh good girl he used to be the bad boy and i was always the good girl but now we're grown up some of those characteristics have worn off and i've become a bit badder and he's become a bit gooder
0: Hmm. did you get on well as kids
1: oh yes we used to um sing songs together obviously have fights and that sort of thing as well once i famously made him sit in some nettles with his trousers down (laughs) why (laughs) the punishment for something
0: Uh, okay Are are you a close family
1: I don't want to say that we aren't, but we are extended, so both of my parents have remarried. I have a large, complicated family.
0: Okay. Are they tend to be based around one area of Yeah, Britain, yeah, or? they're all
1: up and down the Thames Valley, so right. okay. I, yes. I can go from station to station along the line between my home and Evesham right. and visit all of my family members.
0: Right, okay, that's good. Hmm. What did you think, as a child, that you would go on to do?
1: Well, I guess I had a vague ambition that I would write a book because I liked reading so much. Mm. That was my only sort of definite ambition. But when I was 18, I I knew that I wanted to work in in a historic house. So that's quite early, I think, compared with a lot of people to know what they wanted to do.
0: So what made you decide at 18 that you wanted to work in a historical house? What caused that?
1: i think that i had realized that history was a subject that didn't feel like work to me it mm. feels like fun and from just going to historic houses and visiting them i just suddenly sort of twigged that there was a job there that involved knowing about history and being in a very special old place
0: so did you kind of suggest this job to uh, historic royal palaces or something or did, oh, w- no, 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 no no no
1: no no um, no i guess being a, a curator <coughs> of an old house is not a a massively huge or well-known profession but mm. it does it does exist
0: oh yeah 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 the so, national trust have quite exactly a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 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 yes
1: yes there's the national trust there's english heritage there's private historic houses mm.
0: um i'd like to live in rudyard kipling's house in sussex oh ah,
1: well yes you see <laughs> when i was 18 I, I thought something like that and i thought how can i make that happen oh i know Train as a curator <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how long have you been based at hampton court
1: just over 10 years i think
0: Of all the places in the world, to have an office at Hampton Court must be quite something.
1: Yes, it's a bit like having an office in Hogwarts Academy. (laughs) And we come up a spiral staircase of 51 steps to our office every day. Mm -hmm. And we have a um, Victorian interior, because we're in a bit of the palace that got burnt after a fire in the 19th century. But there's more than a thousand rooms, so you never get bored of finding new places to visit.
0: Mm, I was there when the fire happened. I was watching it. Oh, the
1: fire of 80, th- yep. the 83
0: fire. Yeah, because ah. um, I worked on the local newspaper, the Surrey right. Comet, yes, at the time. Yes, yes, yes. And I took photographs of the fire as, as it was blazing, yeah. Because wow, wow. that poor lady had fallen asleep and left the candle had fallen, didn't it? Yes, Lady Gale, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, Marry. that was all before my time.
0: Yeah, oh. indeed, yeah. But anyway, presumably sure. you're not allowed to do much to the office because it's all preserved and uh, sacred place, Hampton Court. You can't actually put lots of things on the walls uh, as you like, or can you? Uh,
1: well, some of the items on the walls in here belong <coughs> to the Royal Collection, and this is just kind of a safe storage area for them. Uh, and there's all sorts of junk items that have ended up in here. Mm-hmm. And in fact, sometimes the curator comes in and says, you know your picture X you have got on your wall? Well, we're taking it away for an exhibition, which I have to grip my teeth about. I used to have um, Black Jack the Raven in my room. He was my office companion for a long mm-hmm. time. He's a stuffed raven.
0: Oh, stuffed. He was
1: killed off the tower, and on its case it says that he was killed by the sound of the cannons going off at the Duke of Wellington's funeral in 1851. (laughs) In 1520, Henry VIII of England and Francis I of France had a massive party in a field outside Calais, and for this they constructed a temporary city with pavilions and kitchens and a jousting area and a sort of palace. And they also constructed a fountain that flowed day and night with wine for people to drink. And we have recreated it. There's a painting that shows this wine fountain. Mm-hmm. And we've recreated it. And it's in the base, base court. It's called B-A-S-E, base court, uh, Hampton Court. So as you come right into the building, it's the first thing you see on the right. And before it was made at full size, the contractors knocked up a little uh, model of it. And yeah. that's what's ended up in my
0: office. And does the model and the real thing actually spout wine?
1: Yes, it does. Yeah.
0: And is it white wine, red wine, rosé? Uh,
1: I think well, it depends what you put inside it. What you, what what they get are these, you know, like the the silver bag you get inside a wine box.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They get
1: really massive ones of those. Okay. So you have to you have to stock it up regularly, but you can put in whatever you like really. I don't think champagne would work though. The bubbles would get
0: sort of they go flat. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you and colleagues uh, have a little sup every now I and have again? Fun. I
1: have I have yes.
0: Is it still nice? Is it come nice through the fountain?
1: Yeah, it, it just works brilliantly. I'm not sure it's a way to do a sort of gourmet wine tasting experience, but yeah. to, to, to swing like a Tudor, it's exactly the right thing to do.
0: Oh. A lot of us, at the end of the day, we like a glass of wine to relax at the end of a stressful day. So do you go to the wine fountain at <laughs> <been touring?
1: laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> I'm more of a cocktail girl.
0: Oh, OK, right. And is your office haunted?
1: Uh, not to my knowledge. I'm afraid I don't believe in ghosts. I'm more afraid of um, serial
0: killers. Why?
1: Why? <laughs> I think it's more likely I'm going to get attacked by a serial killer than I am by a ghost.
0: OK, well, let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope you'll be let's safe. Let's hope not.
1: <laughs> but that's what, I, that's what I think about when I'm walking through Hampton Court. I, th- I don't think about ghosts. I think, oh, just, just think how unlikely it would be to be in a supposedly haunted place and to be killed by a serial killer. Therefore, here, at least, I must be safe from serial killers.
0: Well, yeah, well, you've got plenty of suits of armour to wear if you need to.
1: Well, I have got a suit of armour in my room, but it's like a display suit, mm-hmm. so it has... It's got this panel at the back, so you can nail it to the wall. You mm-hmm. can't actually put it on.
0: <laughs> so is it because you're so crazy about history that you just love being there? Oh,
1: yes, yes, absolutely, yes, yes, yes. No, if you like history, then working at historical palaces is a bit of a dream, really, because we have a 1,000 years of history, and it's not just kings and queens. It's buildings, it's kitchens, it's bathrooms, it's servants,
0: it's courtiers. It's a, a wonderful slice through British social, social history, really. Mm. And do you work longer hours than you're supposed to because you just love being there so much?
1: I think all curators do, really, because most people do it for the love, not the money. And I don't think you'll find many curators who don't really love their collection, their objects, their building, whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm. is. Travellers, if you break something in a historic royal palace, it could be worth millions. It goodness. could
1: be worth millions. You're quite right, Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So um, what do you do in your office, apart from the usual kind of paperwork or whatever? Do you you have meetings there? Yes, we
1: have meetings in there. Quite a lot of filming happens in here. We had a film crew in yesterday. And what what else do we do in here? Oh, we have the Christmas party in here. Do you? Yes. There's some traces of it on the um, stuffed antelope's head on the wall, actually. I can see a few streamers.
0: (laughs) How many of you work in that office?
1: Uh, in in this particular room, just me, but there's a, we have like a, an apartment, because mm-hmm. any palace, um, as you may know, is basically a really fancy block of flats, so mm-hmm. everybody has their own suite of rooms, and mm-hmm. we have the curators are in a suite of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We're in a suite of nine Victorian rooms that mm-hmm. would have been the apartment, the flat of a Victorian Grace and Favour resident.
0: So do you know the exact history of the room you're in at the moment? I do,
1: but I'm afraid I've forgotten it. I could have been <laughs> we, we do have a list of which families occupied it, mm-hmm. etc. cetera. So, so we, we were in a part of the palace that was Tudor, and then it was burnt in the, the 1886 fire, mm-hmm. so 100 years before the one you saw. Yeah. So the room that I'm in has got a Victoria and Albert fireplace, and it's got a general sort of um, Victorian Gothic look to it.
0: Is it important to you to be in somewhere where there's tremendous history, where people have lived many times before?
1: Oh, it's a great pleasure, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I Mm -hmm. don't live in a a historic house at home myself, partly because I think I have enough worry about leaks and damage and conservation issues at work. But, yes, it's a wonderful place to spend a day.
0: Are we allowed to know what sort of place you live in? Is it an apartment?
1: Oh, just a modern block of flats, nothing very exciting Really. I don't have a garden, sadly.
0: But do you think that eventually that you might move somewhere more exotic, glamorous, larger? <laughs>
1: well, I'm 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 shy of domestic responsibilities. I wouldn't like to have to, you know, fix holes in the roof at home as well as at work.
0: But wouldn't you like it, like a standalone house with a big wall around? Yeah, it if I, I had
1: carsons, we will cast for it for me. Right,
0: okay. Is your husband not a good Carson? Then?
1: <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment. Okay. Fair <laughs> he enough. wouldn't like that. No, no, no,
0: no. Fair enough. May we know roughly where you live?
1: Oh, I live in Suffolk. Suffolk? In no, no, no. Suffolk, Suffolk. okay. <laughs> South right. London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, This is a notorious problem I have because I have a slight speech impediment. That's all right. And people always think I'm... I, I say that I, I live in East Anglia, but when I mean South London... <laughs>
0: uh-huh. And so that's quite a drive, though, to Hampton Court. Oh, i come Cork. on the
1: train. It, it's, it's the uh, way to get to Hampton Court is by train.
0: Yeah,
1: that's what ha- I do all my writing on the train because I have a 35-minute train journey each way.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I have written... Half a million words on that Hampton Court train over the last 10 years.
0: God, well done. You explained that you don't have a garden at home. Does Hampton Court Palace make up for that? Do you it does,
1: yes, because there's wonderful, huge, enormous gardens here and 50 gardeners to look after them.
0: Hmm. I imagine Hampton Court, of all the places in the UK, means the most to you. Uh,
1: well, I wouldn't like to say that's an upset for <coughs> Tower of London or Kensington Palace or Kew Palace. Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. But given that this is where my office is, yes, I would say so, hmm. yes, yes. Yeah.
0: So those four places are part of your remit, are they? Yes,
1: the charity Historic (coughs) Royal Palaces looks after them, and we get no money from the government or the royal family, and we deserve your financial support, Peter.
0: Oh, okay, well, I'll (laughs) do my best when I come round Hampton Court, yeah. Yeah, a lot of
1: people think that it's paid for out of taxes, you know, Mm. so they Mm. think, oh, we've already paid for this, haven't we, for our tax? But the answer is no. Mm. And people don't realise that their ticket money goes into the purposes of the charity, which are the conservation of the buildings and then education, telling people about them.
0: So who does pay you then?
1: Who pays me? The charity Historical Palaces does. So we earn our money through ticket sales, through our shops, we have nine shops, through Mm. fundraising and through things like sometimes we uh, charge location fees for films to be made and we do functions and events
0: I imagine this is a, a dream job for you, though, isn't it? Oh,
1: yes, yes it's perfect, really. Yeah, mm. yes, it involves everything I like doing.
0: And so y- you said earlier that you kind of dreamed of writing a book one day. Yeah. So, but this position that you have and being on telly has enabled you to fulfil that dream. Is that right?
1: Well, I wrote books before. Okay. I worked, Well, I wrote them, but they weren't necessarily publishable or published. But I have, during the time <coughs> I've been here, produced four history books that are stacked up on the table.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One's about... A romantic royalist duke of the 17th century. Uh One's about Kensington Palace. One's about the history of the home, anybody's home, the history of the kitchen, bathroom, bedroom, and living room. And the other one's about murder, the history of murder.
0: They're all non-fiction. they yes, are. They're all they fact. Are
1: the history non-fiction books, yes.
0: Right. Don't you find that when you write a book, you get not very nice people writing in saying, that's not true, I know that's wrong, and all that sort of stuff. Doesn't that drive you nuts, or are you so <laughs> confident of your accuracy? <laughs> well,
1: most, you get a majority of people saying, oh, I really enjoyed that, which is heartwarming and yes. brilliant. And sometimes people want to discuss things, and that's, all, that's also great. You, know, mm. you learn new stuff by interacting with people who've, who've
0: read your books. And uh, are you someone who writes early in the morning, or are you better late in the evening? or? I write
1: on the train. That's my little commuting routine.
0: That really is the only time you write? Is uh, you right Well, late. I would
1: do stuff at home as well, maybe in evenings or the weekends, mm. but that's my... Um, it makes the journey go really quickly. I bet. It's 35 minutes each way.
0: Is that enough time to concentrate and, and settle in to, to your book?
1: Well... Have you heard of something called the Pomodoro Technique? No. You're a writer. You write, yeah. You have to write a lot. Yeah. The Pomodoro Technique is that you set a timer for 25 minutes, and during that time, you just have to write. You can't check Twitter or Facebook or anything else. You can't get up. You can't leave your seat. You just have to write. Then you take a five-minute break. Then you start your second Pomodoro. And you can do this all day working really hard for 25 minutes and then having a a break of five minutes Mm. and apparently that's the kind of period in which all human minds are going to be the most utterly productive 25 minutes and just by chance it's the length of my commute i only recently discovered this and i was reading about this technique and i thought hey hang on yeah yeah that that does make sense
0: Yeah. So who drew your attention to this Pomodoro? I just
1: read about it on the internet somewhere. It's quite a well... If you Google it, it's quite a well-established thing, Pomodoro technique.
0: Sounds great.
1: It was the name... uh, I think the guy who invented it called it that because he had a kitchen timer that was in the shape of a Pomodoro or a tomato. Right.
0: Fantastic. And how satisfying is it for you to have books out there, to go to Waterstones or whatever and see your books on a shelf? It must be really satisfying, isn't it?
1: Well, it's an extension of the other things that I do like doing, which are giving talks to people about history, or making television programs about history, mm. or putting on exhibitions about history. They're all different battles within the same war of trying to excite people about historical things, I suppose.
0: Do you feel it's working, Yeah.
1: battle? Well, it seems to me that there's an awful lot of people in Britain who are interested in history. Yes. And it's just great to hear from them and about yeah. them. And in fact they're the people who keep historical palaces going. So oh.
0: what's the most memorable question or letter you've had from a reader or a viewer <laughs> or whatever? Uh, <laughs> well, I had one
1: cover. from a lovely little girl who drew a picture of me in all my different um, historical dresses that I've ever appeared in.
0: That was memorable. Oh, that's lovely. And it uh, was your little hair clip in each one.
1: Yes, I think it was, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Did you know when you started on telly that that would become a kind of a trademark? Oh, no, yes. I
1: didn't know anything when I started on telly. I was very very naive. I just wandered into it. for mm. so the reason, like I said, that I thought it's, it would be kind of like going and giving an, an evening talk to a history club, mm. which in some ways it is. There's a lot in common with just doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. And just uh, remind us how you got on to telly, if you would.
1: I don't really have a single explanation.
0: Someone spotted you? Yeah, yeah,
1: I just got asked to. All curators from time to time will have to talk on the evening news about their new exhibition Mm. or whatever. So I'd always been doing that, Mm. as all curators always had done. And then eventually the BBC said, well, would you like to do that but spend three hours doing it? And I said, oh, yeah, okay. give it a go, give it a go
0: and you've taken to it like a duck to water you really enjoy i
1: I do enjoy doing it but it's (coughs) not the main thing that i do the main thing i do is working as a curator
0: yes absolutely and of all the periods in history do you have a favorite
1: well it kind of depends according to what projects we've got on what (coughs) exhibitions we're working on so at the moment i would say it's the tudor period Mm. and that's because next year hampton court palace is 500 years old so we are, we're deep in the 16th century at the moment, getting things ready for next year, new displays, a new mm. television programme, lots of things to do with the Tudors. But that would change, you know, last year I'd have said the 18th century when we were all working on the Georgians.
0: Mm. So it kind of depends what you're working on. Yeah, yes yeah. I, yeah. I
1: think that once you get, once you're sort of looking into any subject, I don't know if you find this, but I certainly just get drawn in and want mm. to know more and more about it. Yeah. And then it becomes a sort of a craze. And then it comes to an end and you have to move on to something else. But then you start getting into that too and a yeah. new craze develops.
0: Do you believe in reincarnation? No, I don't. <laughs> Definitely not. That was Definitely categorical. Definitely not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that with such firmness?
1: Um... What evidence do
0: you have for reincarnation? Quite right, so, yeah. But whenever I see or hear people talking about it, they always claim to... Women claim to have been Cleopatra and men claim to have been Mozart. <laughs> so, or they claim to have fought in the First World War trenches or something. But uh, do you think it's a load of old baloney then? Yes. Right. <laughs> Nothing more you want to say about it?
1: <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> but can you understand
0: why the whole uh, the Egyptian thing has been captivated so many people
1: oh yes there's, there's, there's any any period of history or any exotic place <coughs> has its own romance its own glamour
0: mm. and
1: that's sort of expressed through popular culture and popular history isn't it when, you, when mm. you're when you doing history that's not aimed at other historians when you're aimed at a history that's it's just aimed at anybody with breath inside their body which is the sort of history that I do mm. and you do tend to pick out the glamorous bits the exotic bits the exciting sounding bits and That's how you draw a sketch of an age or a period. And then what my hope is that people, you know, who get their appetite whetted by a little bit of Tudor kings and queens, then they'll think, hmm, I quite like this. I might sign up for an evening class. I might go to my library and read more. I might do an open university degree, and that has actually happened people have written to me and said because of an exhibition that you did or a program that you did i've done an ou degree and that's just so satisfying that's that's the best bit really
0: makes it all worthwhile i guess Yeah. yeah Obviously tourists flock around Hampton Court Palace all the year round. When they see you, because you're on telly, do you get people coming up all the time? And saying, Sometimes
1: people want to come up and say hello, which at first used to frighten and dismay me because I'm actually quite shy and it's not very easy for me to instantly instantly get myself together and realise what's happening, but I have, I have got better at it as time has gone by. At first I was told I would always look like I'd been caught out doing something wrong.
0: Oh. <laughs> and um, what's been the most unusual uh, situation in which you've been recognised in public?
1: Oh, probably one time I was walking down the road with a parasol that I've got because it's a, uh, it was a very sunny day. And this white van man drove past and he wound down his window and he shouted at me, Oi, you off the telly, F off back to 1914. No! Yes, which I thought was a funny mixture of uncouth and also rather well-informed. Like <laughs> <laughs> He'd obviously been watching Downton Abbey.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, he did
1: pick a year from which my parasol could conceivably have belonged.
0: <laughs> Do you watch Downton Abbey?
1: Yes, I like Downton Abbey.
0: Yes. You're a fan, are you? Well, oh,
1: that's why I asked for Carson.
0: Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was a great first series, and the rest has never quite matched up to be honest. I can't believe the same guy writes the whole thing that <laughs> wrote the first <laughs> series, but...
1: Yeah, well, it's nice to just switch on. It's like seeing old friends, isn't it? You don't have to watch the whole thing. It's just nice to see a bit of their character.
0: Yeah, uh, but Britain are obsessed with, uh, you know, no matter what circumstances people live in, they like dramas set in great big houses, don't they? Well,
1: yes, yes, yes. There's (laughs) tremendous glamour attached to it but of course what Downton does nice is try to show both sides of the coin mm. the below stairs part but i would say it paints too rosy a picture of life below the stairs i mean it's all you know they work hard they play hard there's a little bust up but it's all sorted out and everybody goes back to paternalistic happiness and a sing-along led
0: by Lord Grantham himself yeah would you like to be in downtown oh yeah to like yeah, a yeah. Cameo? yeah
1: yeah and i don't think i've been forbidden from doing that by any
0: pre no. agreement i think. So. And how much do you enjoy your telly career Has it sort of taken over your life more than you'd like it to, or what, what do you feel about
1: it? Oh, well, it's really fun and interesting because most of the time we're going to places, meeting people, seeing things, touching <coughs> objects that I wouldn't otherwise get the chance to do. Mm. So it's, it's like having a really intense course or seminar or learning experience, really. Mm. That's, that's the
0: pleasurable part about it. Mm. And um, what other series have you got coming up after the dancing Oh, I can't
1: tell you. I've been forbidden from telling you. Okay. The BBC wants to make an official announcement, but it's quite exciting.
0: (laughs) Right. So are you booked years ahead?
1: Uh, I've got some stuff coming up next year, not years.